Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The summer is here. That means outdoor festivals, Comic-Cons, and the perfect weather for toy hunts. As the weather heats up and you're out there enjoying yourself, stay hydrated with our show's sponsor, Liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone and three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, and it's easy to use. Just rip open a pouch, pour one of their delicious flavors into a water bottle, and shake it up. With sea berry, strawberry lemonade, concord grape, lemon lime, pina colada, tropical punch, watermelon, guava, and more to choose from, there is a flavor for everyone. So whether you're on that long toy hunt, spending 10 hours on your feet walking your favorite Comic-Con, or getting your sweat on, stay hydrated and healthy with Liquid IV. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code AICPOD at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code AICPOD at liquidiv.com. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Get your popcorn ready, everybody. Oh, yeah. We're going to the movies. Um, welcome back to... It's, it's been a, a, long, a long time since we've done toys on film. In fact, we've only done it one other time, and it wasn't actually film. It was Netflix streaming, because we did one episode on the toys that made us. No, I thought we talked about the whole run, but or the whole first season. Yes, but we did one episode on yeah the toys everything. that made us yeah so uh, toys and movies they go hand in hand uh, whether it's it's movies that are are based on toys or some of the best toys that have ever existed have been ones that have been, have been based on uh, on film and and television properties but uh, toys on film is something that is very apropos right now as we record this in August of 2023 as the arguably the, the biggest toy brand, if not the uh, one of the biggest toy brands of all time, the the, the Barbie brand uh, is breaking all sorts of records at the box office. Yeah. Um, con- congratulations to that entire team. That movie is fantastic. If you guys like this whole toys on film thing, we will eventually get to uh, Barbie because we both saw it and it was mm-hmm. it was, it was fan- fantastic, fantastic. But um, we were thinking about how to kind of reboot this idea of of doing toys on film. Those of you uh, who know us personally, um, all like four of you that listen 
listen to this that know us personally know that um, outside of toys, the other one of the other things that uh, that Dave and I both share a very very deep and profound love of is is film and cinema, and um, you know this is very much so at a crossroads for us. So um, we th- we're thinking, you know, in a way to reboot this, what's a movie that is kind of lives in that, you know, kind of iconic area of nostalgia and and kind of cultural importance uh, and, and is something that is, is always kind of a hot topic in toys and has been for, you know, 30, almost 40 years. Uh, the Ninja Turtles. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I like to think of it as what started out as a toy and then became a movie. Yeah, and in this case, uh, the Ninja Turtles. Uh, just, we've we've gotten four movies, five, no, five now. That's right. I always forget about the no more than that. Five, seven movies, right? Because we there got was you get the original, which we're going to two just, animated, two animated. Yeah. We got the original, which we're going to discuss today. So 1990s Teenage Mutant well, Ninja Turtles. The first trilogy, let's yeah. say. So you, and then you have Secret of the Ooze and Turtles in Time. Then you have TMNT. Right? Yeah, it was the animated one. It was the animated one. And then the two Michael Bay ones. Mm-hmm. And then, oh yeah, and then the, yeah, the newest Mutant Mayhem is the Which other would be the second one. animated yeah. movie. Yes, yes. Sorry, you're correct. <laughs> Wasn't thinking about it like that. I was like, wait a second, there were two... Animated ones, but um. Anyway, so those turtles were real, man. <laughs> they're real, real to me. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, so arguably, we're we're going back to uh, not arguably, we're going back to when the turtles debuted on on film for the first time on the, the silver screen. Uh. So, Dave, why don't you take us back to to 1990? Uh. In this case, two days after your your birthday. In 1990, oh, yeah, that was that was one of the fun facts about 1990 <laughs> when the movie opened. And I had I turned nine two days before the movie opened. Yeah, um, movie opened on March 30th, 1990. Um, the top TV show in the ratings um, for the year because I couldn't find the week. Um, so this was for the entirety of 1990. Uh, thank you, Wikipedia. Was Cheers. Where everybody knows your name. Yeah, which has also had toys, but they had Funko Pops. Um, the top song on the Billboard, um, the Billboard music charts, the top single pop song, um, was a song called Black Velvet by Alana Miles, which I do remember. Um, Great song. That's like, Black Velvet, yeah, it's, yeah, something that's all like right. That. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can hear the melody in my head. Great song. Yeah. Um, the top album on the Billboard charts, um, which huh, is peak spring '90s, um, "Time, Love, and Tenderness" by Michael Bolton. I will not be singing any any Michael Bolton. You're welcome. Uh. <laughs> Um, this one was, uh, the, the next fact that we mentioned already was not on Wikipedia, um, yet or, the, or billboard.com. <laughs> and that was that I turned nine, two days before the movie opened, as we said. Um, and then this is just a fun fact. Um, 
that I just remember. Um, but I, I'm sure some website will corroborate it or not. Um, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the most successful independent film um, of all time. And it was unseated in 1999 by the then most successful independent film of all time, The Blair Witch Project. So before um, we... Because New Line, New Line was not owned by <laughs> Warner Brothers yet. Oh, the, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. It was still the house that Freddie built. Yes, it still was the house that, that Freddie built. So, you know, just kind of thinking about it real quick, right? Like, so, you know, we'll, we'll get to this a little bit later on, but while there were no toys at the time that were um, directly from this movie or for this movie, the Ninja Turtles, in terms of being a, a toy line, were well into their, you know, uh, popularity their 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 arc of popularity um you know yeah, the, the the cartoon was huge yep the the playmates uh toys um were everywhere they were one of the most popular toy lines at the time the turtles at this point you know going back to their their origin with mirage comics uh you know the the that first issue uh by by uh eastman and laird was 1984 so, you know, we're only six years into the Turtles' existence, and um, they went from being kind of a dark, gritty comic with, uh, with Mirage Comics to being a, a brighter, more kid-friendly um, cartoon, uh, Saturday morning cartoon, to, uh, to being, going back to being something gritty that was a little more a blend between the two with the 1990, uh, with the 1990 film. And then um, just to celebrate the success of the film, um, Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo, and Raphael um, went on a music tour at the end of the year um, and released a, I guess, highly successful album at Pizza Hut. And, uh, Coming out of their shells. Yeah. Oh. And, then, and then proceeded to become Kiss. P- pizza Power still slaps, man. That song's great. Flying Saucer, yeah. Food Delight. Yeah. It's such a good song. And if you're really curious, like if you, uh, we, I, we definitely had it on cassette. Um, but if you, if you really want to experience it, head on over to YouTube and just search Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells. Um, the entire, I think it's like 90 minutes. Yeah, it was like a VHS that came out. It was from the, I think it was Radio City, wasn't it? Madison Square Garden. Show? Or it was MSG? Yeah, it's, I think it's MSG. Because we just, I, I just watched it with the girls. Uh, we, we went oh. to go see Mutant Mayhem. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's MSG. I, I could be wrong. Maybe it was Radio City. But it, it was I definitely. it was Radio City because I, I remember wanting to go. It was definitely. Yeah, it was Radio City. It was definitely in New York City, um, which is apropos, you know, it being the Turtles and everything. But um, it, there is a. A really, uh, it's a time capsule. It's a time capsule of a thing. Um, just, just go enjoy it. Go, go watch it if you're if you're if you're curious. If you've never seen it, just go on YouTube, search for it. You can watch the whole thing on there, or as much as <laughs> as much as you're willing to subject yourself to. Um, so before we do a quick recap of the movie itself, uh. Dave, you've pulled the log line here from the original uh, from the original VHS release, 
by Family Home Entertainment. Um, I sure did. Would you, would you like to <laughs> would you like to do us all a solid and and, and read this this uh, super informative <laughs> logline from the back of the VHS? Yeah. Um, so the logline from Family Home Entertainment's original VHS. You, you probably remember it well. The uh, black and green slipcover. Um. Now you can catch America's favorite green teens in their first live-action blockbuster film. After waiting in a puddle of radioactive waste, these radical reptiles are transformed into New York City's greatest crime-fighting quartet. Featuring hot new music by MC Hammer, this film will captivate adults and kids alike with its blend of humor, camaraderie, and martial arts action. Don't miss this blockbuster movie. You'll have one shell of a good time. I, I don't like that the um, hit, sing, hit single by Partners in Crime was left out of the log line. Yeah, that's that's the big one. I had that cassette single of that. It's a great it's a great song. Turtle Power. Yeah. T-U-R-T-L-E Power. Yeah, that's a that's a that's another song that still slaps. Yeah. The MC Hammer song is like isn't that in the beginning when everyone's eating pizza? No more when it's no. cutting through the city? No, the MC Hammer song is when you go to like the Foot Clan clubhouse. That's right, all the cool kids. All, all the, the cool kids are the, Sam Rockwell. listening to Hammer. Sam Rockwell's uh, listening to MC Hammer while asking if you want regulars or menthols. Yeah, which, um. <laughs> you know. I, I just rewatched it again for this, and I'm like, oh, that's Sam Rockwell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so as as we kind of go through some things here, we're gonna we're gonna shout out some of our our uh, our followers and and listeners. Um, since we didn't have we don't have a Q and A section this time, uh, we did put a post up on on our Instagram account and our Threads account and X X um, <laughs> at AIC underscore podcast where we told people we we're gonna be talking about this movie, and uh, we wanted to collect some of their favorite moments. Um, and shouts to our friend, friend of the pod, Mike, uh, at the figure report, uh, with the regular or menthol, uh, reference there, of course, uh, calling out to, to Sam Rockwell's little, I feel uh, like that was partners in crimes, like only song ever. I might've been, I've never, I don't recall them at, that name ever coming up and it's crime with a K too, I believe. And a Y. Uh, it's right. It's K R Y. Yeah. Cause it's. Because they're cr- mm-hmm. criming and rhyming. Yeah, because if you if you if you want to look it up, you've got to make sure. Otherwise, you'll get the um, the kiss song partners in crime. <laughs> so you want second kiss reference in this episode um, that has nothing to do with the movie. So um, you'll get you you need to spell it correctly. Yeah, otherwise you're gonna miss it. So uh, some 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 of the cast here. We'll just we'll go through this real fast. So. Uh, of course, actually, what I think we you should do, uh-huh. um, because you know the the NECA figures for the the movie. Um, yeah, did they get a figure? Oh yeah, we could do this. Okay. Um, Short answer is yes for all but two, three people on this list. I think. Yes. Okay. I'm. Lo- wait, I'm looking. 
Well, 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 yeah, we'll we'll get this. All right, so yeah, so of course uh, we're starring Judith Hogue uh, as April O'Neil, uh, and and she she was only in this one. Yep, she's she was only in this one, um, and so fun fun fact about Judith Hogue as as April O'Neil, she actually has uh, three figures. So she's got two that have already been uh, released. So she has her regular, the other the the kind of dress and skirt that she's in kind of like her hero outfit if you will um that she wears as a reporter then she has like the summer house outfit you know when she's when she's sketching uh sketching the turtles and then there's actually a third figure that's coming out that neck is producing so one of the things that kind of often comes up with the design of april's wardrobe in this film is obviously she's not wearing the classic yellow jumpsuit um but she recently on Instagram, along with our friends at NECA, um, shouts to to Blaine, uh, revealed that they did actually screen test a yellow jumpsuit. Um, however, mm. she said it was way too tight, like uncomfortably tight. And um, she put them on and they were like, go like take a walk, like see if they kind of like stretch out. If you like, you know, they get more comfortable, they loosen up on you. <laughs> no, and that's so not she, how that works. So she she said she walked out onto the set. Like on, like off the soundstage, and like onto like outside onto the set, and um, uh, Elias uh, Kateas, who plays Casey Jones, was standing outside and basically said to her, "Like Judith, you're gonna you're gonna turn around, you're gonna go back inside, you're gonna take those off." <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, she got back in, and like the costume designers and everything were like, "Yeah, this is this is not gonna work. This is way too tight, a little too revealing." think we're just going to stick with modernizing april's look and giving her like regular clothes like clothes that somebody would have worn in 1990 um and she's got the yellow raincoat yes so that was the split that, that was, was the nod that was the nod however um there has only been one live action actress to wear that yellow jumper that classic yellow jumper um in official promotional material and that was the actress that wore it on the side of the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, arcade cabinet. So what they're doing is they're doing this kind of like behind the scenes deleted scenes homage type of a figure that's Judith Hogue in the yellow jumper that appears on the the Ninja Turtles arcade cabinet. So she will have a third NECA figure coming. Um, Heavily hinted that we'll see more of that at New York Comic Con. So Stay stay tuned. They did show us kind of like a work in progress prototype, but uh, more to come on that. Uh, so then we mentioned, uh, of course, Elias Kateas as uh, Casey Jones. He has also has two, uh, three figures from NECA. So he is uh, has a permanent masked head in a two pack with a uh, Raphael trench coat. Raphael. Yep, with a trench coat. Raphael. Um, then he has. Uh, an, uh, an ultimate, a single pack ultimate that has, you know, the removable mask. Um, and then he also has a summer house, uh, undercover lay low Casey outfit and sweatpants. Um, Michael Turney is Danny. Danny does have a NECA figure. Uh, he was part of loot crate. So, um, one of them, I think he was the first figure in it. Yep. One of the more rare ones. um, Tashihiro Obata as Master Tatsu. They are trying desperately to find uh, Mr. Obata, 
in order to reach out to him and make a figure of him. So if you know how to get in touch with Toshihiro Obata, please reach out to NECA. <laughs> or if you happen uh, to know him personally, because they would love to get a, a Tatsu figure out there. Shredder. Uh, did I skip over Shredder? You did. Oh, I did. Uh, James Saito as Shredder. Yes, he also has uh, has had two figures. Yes, he had a single pack um, that I think might have been a GameStop exclusive. And then he's in a two-pack with, uh, with Splinter. Um, Corey Feldman as, as Donatello. Of I course. think he's also out of the mask shredder as well. So I think his throwback. Yeah, no. Saki is him. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. There is a, there is that two pack too of the, the Oroku Saki and, um, Hamato Yoshi from the, the flashback. Yeah. With the, the, with the rat in a cage. Um, Corey Feldman is Donatello, Brian Tochi is Leonardo, Robbie Rist is Michelangelo, Josh Pye. I don't know if that's Pies or Pie. I'm gonna go with Pie. As uh as Raphael, of course, the, the turtles have all gotten their fair share of of treatments, both in a and that's, four pack. That's the voice the voice talent. Yes. Um they have gotten a four pack that was, I believe, a uh, comic-con exclusive initially that came in lo- what it looked like a giant vhs box standard mm-hmm. of how they've they've done secret of the Ooze and turtles in time as well um as well as two packs um and then we have kevin clash as splinter uh he has gotten also a couple of releases he's part of the two pack from neko we mentioned earlier with splint with uh shredder uh, he had a, a gamestop exclusive single pack and then he was also in loot crate as a uh, ghost, as like the the spectral uh, splinter, when he when he appears to the turtles after he's kidnapped, um, mm. and then we have Sam Rockwell. We mentioned him a little earlier as well as the head he is, thug. He is, he is credited as head thug. Head thug, uh, menthols or regular menthol. Um, and uh, he he also basically uh, tells Chief Stearns. Uh, what he needs to know at the end of the movie. It's true. Um, he has not had a figure, though he's he's definitely high on everyone else's on everyone's lists. Um, Scott Wolf and Skeet Ulrich. This is actually news to me. I did not know this, Dave. Scott Wolf and Skeet Ulrich are uncredited thugs. Yeah, they are. It's on IMDb. I could not spot them. Fun. Yeah. Skeet Ulrich. All right. Um. Yeah. So. So. Pretty much. Neca. Neca has pretty much covered their bases with this movie, <laughs> in terms of uh, releasing the, the the characters from it. Tatsu is is really kind of the uh, the the white whale at this point uh, of 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 the uh, the most wanted. Um. So. Yeah. Hopefully that would be awesome because you know he. We're not talking about Secret of the Ooze, but you know he also appears in that film. So it would definitely be a, a slam dunk if they could if they could get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was written by Todd uh, Langan and Bobby Herbeck, directed by Steve Barron, of course, based on the characters by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. And um, the puppets and turtle costumes used in this were made by the Jim Henson Creature Shop. And I believe it was the last thing um, worked on by the creature shop while uh, Jim Henson was still with us. Yes. So he passed right before the opening. At New York Comic Con last year, 
um, NECA, and, and again, shouts to our, our buddy Blaine uh, at Blainer Things, designer at NECA. Um, he moderated a panel with uh, Todd and Bobby, and um, they told a lot of different stories about you know how this movie kind of came together and you know how they initially were with one studio. I, I'm blanking on the studio that they originally had signed up with, but the studio bailed on them. Um, but when they were working with the Jim Henson Creature Shop, they actually had, um, forgive me, I forget whether it was Bobby or Todd, but one of them was actually writing the film at the Jim Henson Creature Shop while Henson and the artists were making the costumes and was almost acting as like an advisor. And one of the cool things that they mentioned was Jim Henson was really interested in knowing the writing beats of the script because he wanted the suits to be able to do what they needed them to do in the movie. So like the fact that they, you know, the, the stunt actors that were in, um, in the suits were able to do like backflips and, you know, all that stuff. They needed basically two versions of the suits. They needed a suit that could work as a stunt suit. And then, you know, obviously the suit with all the armature and stuff in the, the head and, you know, mm -hmm. um, all the puppetry and everything. So really cool to see how kind of like one thing influenced the development of another, uh, with, with the, uh, the kind of development of the, of the film. So, um, the film itself, Dave, let's, I, I feel like we should take people, I mean, spoiler alert for a movie that's, <laughs> what, 36 years old? Um, 32. 32, yeah. Um, let's take people through the, the movie. I'm glad I, I'm glad it was, came out that close to my birthday so I could do this math. <laughs> we, we did it. Um, so, uh, the movie, um, I, I would say my, my kind of earliest, uh, Memories of the movie, most fondest memories of the movie, because obviously I was only two when this came out. So I, I definitely, my experience, I, I remember when Secret of the Ooze came out. Like I, re, I can remember seeing stuff on TV for it. Probably mm -hmm. might have even taken me to the Williams Center, the, the movie theater, to to see it. Um, but I'm uh, pretty sure I took you to see three for sure. I that I can vividly remember, and all of the people throwing popcorn at the screen. Um. But uh, with this movie, you know, I remember watching it on VHS, and I just remember thinking the intro was so cool. You know, where like you can't, you don't see the turtles, like the like the reveal. And then the logo comes up. Yeah, yeah. Was, and then the reveal. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very smartly done. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's kind of real quick go through the the beats of the movie here. So, um, very smartly done, unless you saw the trailer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Or the commercials for it, or the like, the the spots for it on like the the animated uh, the VHS yeah, on everywhere. The, yeah, it was it was everywhere. Um, yeah. So the, the turtles, right? We get the typical backstory of of the turtles here. You know, mm -hmm. they're the their Splinter was a a, a rat in uh, in Hamato Yoshi's dojo. Learn watching his master perform. Uh, perform ninjutsu and uh you know he had a, a long-standing rivalry with who we we learned to be who we learn is shredder you know later on in the film uh in in uh why am i blanking on his Ar name Arokosaki. Arokosaki, yes uh 
him and the turtles are come across the the TGRI ooze and mutate into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the anthropomorphic man rat <laughs> Splinter. Um, but we get we get April and Casey. Um, you know, Casey, you're you know the 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 uh, former vig- hockey player, <laughs> yeah, former hockey player, vigilante, uh, roaming around. 1990 New York City, which is a lot different than the New York City of today. Uh, you know, cleaning up crime throughout Central Park, and you know his his normal beats around the city. Uh, has a has a iconic run in with with Raphael early in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. One of one of everybody's uh, favorite lines. Um, I have I have to give credit to somebody who's shouting it out here. Uh, let's see where it was. I mean, which which one? Because there's so many in that that whole exchange. Though the you got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Now, That's if, a Jose Canseco bat. <laughs> there's so there's so many good like, ones. Yeah, why? Well, like, why would it be bad that he had a bat of like the most famous baseball player at the time? And you know what though? That the, but the cricket line too with a cricket bat. That's probably the first time that a lot of people in the u.s saw a cricket bat like like not like kids there you know like so i mean it is a, it is a funny line um the uh yeah but that that whole exchange where raf ends up getting dumped in a garbage can <laughs> yeah he he does not come out on the winning side um of course also a a lot of uh use of the word damn in a kid's movie yeah yeah, that that scene when he's when he's I was yelling, like, am Dad. I allowed to watch this? <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys, a traditional mom and pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey. Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement, searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at their brand new home at 101 Newark Pompton Turnpike Suite 1 in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at chubzywubzy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Rewind and press play on your VHS collection with CGC. CGC is excited to announce our newest collectible vertical, CGC Home Video. As a division dedicated to authenticating and grading your VHS collection, our experts are ready to help you encapsulate your favorite video cassettes. Don't settle for static on the screen. Submit today at cgcgrading.com. That's cgcgrading.com. Face it, shaker bottles suck. Your shakes always come out clumpy and they're a pain to clean. You're right, Dave. That's why I decided to ditch my shaker bottle for good and get myself a BlendJet 2 portable blender. It makes perfectly blended shakes in just 20 seconds. BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. 
It lasts for over 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. With an array of colors, patterns, or even Disney-inspired designs to choose from, show off your personality while you're blending up something delicious on the go. What are you waiting for? Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code AICPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 Portable Blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code AICPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today to get the best deal ever. And now back to the show. Well, this was this was edgier, right? Like this was um, not the cartoon turtles. This was this was going harkening back to their origins. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer back to the the New York Comic Con panel from uh, from last year with the 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 writers of the film. Um, one of the things I think that, it was only PG though. Yes, but one of the things that they struggled with. Um, they wanted to make a movie that didn't talk down to children. Like they wanted, they wanted the turtles to like treat everybody who was kind of coming into the movie with the same um, kind of scope. And that was something that they talked about in the the writing of it, that like they pushed as much as they could for language and for the turtles to kind of like talk with, you know, kind of a, a more adult oriented um, speech with the exception of Mikey, who, you know, of course is the, the comic relief in the film. Um, but, uh, especially with Raph, like they wanted Raph and Leo to really kind of like butt heads. They wanted, they wanted to see that friction between the two of them and they mm-hmm. wanted, they wanted kids to, you know, experience that. So that definitely comes across, um, in the film. Uh, of course your, your antagonist of the, of, of the movie is, is the shredder and the foot clan. Foot Clan running their their underground, uh, you know, uh, gray to black market trade of stolen goods. Uh, you know, you know, kind of rounding up the kids from around New York to to join their their ranks. Uh, and April is April O'Neil is your your crack news reporter who's trying to get to the bottom of uh, of the recent thefts. She's trying to get the scoop on. Uh... On the, these these kids that call themselves the Foot. Um, well, she doesn't know they're kids. No, she doesn't know they're kids. On the, on these criminals that call themselves the Foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that are being headed up by Sam Rockwell. Yes, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, his head thug. Head thug. Every every good every good uh, criminal organization needs a head thug. A good head I thug. Can- <laughs> That's it's typical like though. Like, give him a name, Jeff. Like, <laughs> Sam. Je- Jeff Vader. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's uh, it's a good point. But you know, there's there's always been characters like that in in movies. You know, like woman in red dress. <laughs> you know, it's just like title. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. You know, so it's 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 not super uncommon. It is funny though that it turned out that like 
you know, Sam Rockwell is a very <laughs> well-respected actor who started his career as head thug. Um, yeah, it's like it's like if in Iron Man three he was like rich creep, like. <laughs> yes, yes, rich, rich creep. That's good. I like that. Um. <laughs> so of course, uh, you know the 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 turtles come, you know, uh, cross paths with April. She freaks out, but uh, you know that they, they they save her. She realizes that. Uh, you know that 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 they're good. Of course, there's a story there. Her being a reporter, she's talking about like a super secret society of thieves. Yes, that do not that nobody believes her that this is what it is. So imagine her going on the news saying like, "Yeah, there's four anthropomorphic turtles that are fighting the bad guys." Yeah, that's that's a quick way to get your yourself uh, and your career um, canceled. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, at this time, like, Danny gets picked up by the police. Like, they catch him. Yeah. And um, Danny's father is April's boss. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And the police don't want April basically saying they're doing a bad job in the press and, you know, kind of being able to like kind of outsmart them and know more than they do. So they're trying to silence April. So they basically, in order for Danny to not go to jail, um, the chief makes a deal with, uh, um, Danny's father. I forget yeah. his name. News channel six. Uh, no, it's channel three. No, it's cha- news channel three. That's right. Six is the animated story. Animated. Yeah. Yeah. News channel um, three. Uh, the, the editor-in-chief of News Channel 3, Danny's dad. Which does not exist in New York. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, they basically make a deal where, like, he won't, Danny won't go to jail and April can't talk about this anymore. Yeah. So, um, April, of course, has no idea, goes on the news and talks about it, and as, um, her apartment and father's antique store burns to the ground during um, a fight between the turtles, Casey and the foot clan. Um, she gets fired. Things as things are not going well for April. No, O'Neil. <laughs> as her, as her entire life burns to the ground, she's also getting fired. No wait. So the, the next part is when is when Raphael gets the, it's the crap kicked out of him by the Foot Clan, but I'm just realizing that we we missed a critical component here. <laughs> um, so before we go forward, we let, let's talk about one of the events that kind of set all of these uh, these occurrences in motion. Let's let's take a step back for a moment. Okay, so April's been fired and her house burns down and all that, um, but this chain of events is set off by Splinter being kidnapped. The reason Splinter gets kidnapped is because Raphael saves April O'Neil from um, foot soldiers on the literally most empty subway platform I've ever seen in my lifetime. (laughs) Um, And April gets knocked out and um, they Raphael brings her back to the, the sewer lair. However, um, he didn't knock out every foot soldier because somebody follows him back. Um, 
And he's like, oh, this is where they are. So that's when Splinter gets kidnapped. Yeah. yeah they- and then they have him, like, basically just in a corner of the warehouse behind some, like, chain to the boxes wall. and and you know and fencing yeah he's there's a fence and there's boxes and he's just and cha- that's where splinter yeah, he's, lives he's just chaining he's just chained there to the to the fence um so then as they're and that's where he can't go back he tells danny the backstory of the turtles there like right eventually yeah eventually. at some point yeah but danny danny is like a little like he's still trying to be a cool kid first <laughs> so Hard air quotes on cool kid. He's trying yeah, to be a so cool Danny, kid. Danny, um, I think this was, yeah, this is when Danny gets arrested. So Danny gets arrested and um, the news guy talks to the chief and they go to April's house. Charles. Charles? Yeah, his dad's name is uh-huh. Charles. So... At this point, Danny sees the turtles are in April's house and or April's apartment. And so then, you know, the Shredder is like got a team meeting about like, hey, we've got to find these turtles. And Danny's like, I know where they are. And that's when they beat up Raphael on the roof and everything burns down and everything. The good guys have to uh, retreat to the farmhouse. And we're back. And na- and now we're at the farmhouse. Uh, and this is where uh, Leo gets his his astral projection of of Splinter. And hey, guys, Splinter's alive. Um, so they they and here's what we've got to do. We've got to go save him. Yep, he's alive. So uh, we head back to New York City after everybody is is recuperated and on the same page. And then we have um, a really cool. Then they go back to the lair to regroup because there's literally nowhere else to go. And um, Casey Jones is afraid of being inside a high ceilinged, very open spaced sewer um, because he's claustrophobic. So he instead goes to sleep in a truck with the window open. That's right. (laughs) And by the way, I'm making fun of, but like, this is a movie I loved when I was a kid and I still think is very entertaining. Um, but it's, there's some things that are very hilarious. Yeah. It's a very big, I mean, granted, yeah, you're underneath the city, but it's a very big space. It's roomy. It's very roomy. You're not, it's, it's not tight. It's not tight quarters at all. So, um, especially considering like the front of a pickup truck is your (laughs) other option. And he's not comfortable in there. He's like, if I remember correctly, he's like squirming and kicking and like trying to get comfortable. Yeah, he can't sleep. Yeah. But then he sees, um, oh, who does he see? He sees the foot soldiers. Yes. And then, uh, and then it's on. Now yeah. we're in, now we're in the, the third act here. So what's really cool, um, this all bubbles up to um, a fight on the rooftop between the turtles and shredder a la issue one of the mirage comic and um yeah during this point danny has a change of heart um shredder or i'm sorry splinter talks to him tells him the whole story and cool yeah and we we get that as i mentioned we get that fight that is uh a throwback to the the very first issue of the comic um minus minus shredder pulling out a grenade 
but he gets kicked off the roof into a garbage truck and Casey Jones closes the um, pulls the smasher button or the smasher lever on the the garbage truck. And that is uh, in 1990. That is the end of of Shredder. Everyone goes home happy. Uh, And then the police come and are like, what's going on here? And the um, and Sam Rockwell basically points at uh, Tatsu and says, it's his fault. It's on him. Yep. Like, yep, this guy. It's this guy's fault. It's this guy. It's not us. Uh, and and as far as we know, at as uh, at this moment, the shredder has been destroyed. The Foot Clan has been stopped, and and everyone everyone happy ending for all. Uh, yeah. So very very cool movie. Still still is a lot of fun. Those suits still mm-hmm. hold up really really well. Um, so how did the movie do, Dave? Yeah, there are there there are some things that are a tad bit insensitive at this time. Yeah, um, you you go back and you watch watch certain movies. There 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 are things. There are some things that age poorly, and this is no exception. Phrasing, phrasing. Um, so we mentioned what I said. Phrasing for the phrasing of things. Oh yeah, is, okay. Is problematic sometimes. Um. So we mentioned that uh, at the top, Dave mentioned that this was at the time the uh, the most successful independent film of all time. Yeah, and one thing I do want to point out too: um, bunch of studios like got together to make the film, but the two most, I would say, well known of those, of course, New Line, New Line Cinema, um, the house that Freddie built, eventually part of the bought by Warner Brothers. Um, part of the whole HBO Max family these days. Um, and then um, Golden Harvest, which is a Hong Kong-based studio that is responsible for early Bruce Lee films, um, Jackie Chan films, um, Sammo Hung films. Um, so a lot of... A lot of the... the- great- greatest martial arts uh movies some of the greatest yeah martial arts films um of all time like police story is a golden harvest film um and it's it's sequels so you know rumble in the bronx so that i think this was i don't know if golden harvest and new line had worked together prior to this but like you know, Rumble in the Bronx came out after this. Yeah. Like long after this, but after this. And that again was New Line and Golden Harvest. So So the the budget on this movie was thirteen point five million. And uh on the opening weekend, it made that all back plus some as it, it Yeah, it almost did that like <laughs> that, you know, you know you're good when you do double the budget because then marketing and everything else is out of the question. And this thing, you know, marketing Du jour. Yeah. Um, it was everywhere, including Domino's being the pizza delivery in the film and Pizza Hut being the official pizza delivery of the film. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they got they managed to get their competitors on the <laughs> both of them on retainer here. Um what and what wait, what's the what's the uh <laughs> what's the pizza guy line? Uh pizza dudes got one twenty two and an eight. <laughs> 
That's 122 and an eighth. <laughs> so whenever I'm thinking pizza delivery to this day, I think of 122 and an eighth. And then, and then of course, uh, you're standing on it. <laughs> pizza dude's got 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so good. Um, so it, uh, it made uh, just about 25.4 mil. Uh, on that opening weekend with a, a domestic gross uh, of uh, 135.3 million and an international gross of uh, of 66.7 million dollars. So huge, massive, mega success. Yeah, like the first four weekends, it was out. The movie that it so the number one movie in America the weekend before Turtles came out was Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman did not win for another four weekends. Yep. Um, and then after four weeks of Turtles, Pretty Woman won again. Um, Hunt for Red October was like at the end of its run, but it was still like hanging in there at number two, and it beat that too. So like, yeah, no, no slouches. Two, two very, uh, mm-hmm. two other movies that are very beloved. Um, yeah, this this was an absolute smash, an iconic. Smash. It took a property that was already a mega seller um, in the and made in, it huge. Yeah. In the mega seller in the comic book aisle, the toy aisle on on TV with the cartoons. And, and now, you know, it, it had made the jump to film. And, you know, something else that I think is is notable that doesn't really come up when people talk about the turtles that that, you know, I always think about is right. You had in 1989, you had Batman you had Tim Burton's Batman. Um, that was really kind of the first real successful comic book movie, right? Like showed that like, you know, comic books could be, could be films, could be taken seriously as films. And then, you know, just a year later, you have four anthropomorphic turtle people made by Jim Henson Studios, absolutely crushing it again at the box office. So you had two years in a row of, of, properties that really started out as comic books um you know taking taking cinema by storm um might sound a little bit familiar to those of you listening now in 2023 you know as you know comic book movies continue to be um you know some of the most successful and and you know most well-liked movies at the box office um speaking of being well-liked uh the tomato meter score um yeah the, the, it was not well liked by critics much like the comic book movies of today <laughs> well some of them um i feel like that's been less in that mcu era true true uh but 42 percent for critics with a a whopping uh difference of of 40 percent as uh as 81 percent of uh of audience scores find this movie to be fresh um yeah, so again, I mean, it, it's just what a place to start when you're talking about you know toys and how they translate to film. Um, this is a unique one on the list, right? Where there actually isn't a, a product at the time in 1990 that uh, that tied into the film. You know, there, there was no, and that's that's wild to think about. If you like, as a nine year old, like my animated turtles were my turtles yeah for this movie yeah that's that that was your only option i mean you had many options of turtles at that point like you know the different 
you know, reskins of them. Sh- turtles sure, with shell but storage. Like- but yeah, they were they were the cartoon turtles. The the Playmates five inch cartoon turtles. Um and a lot of people associate the the turtles, the Playmates turtles that came out later for Secret of the Ooze in a slightly different style that were made to look more like the the, the movie turtles. A lot of people associate those with the nineteen ninety movie when when really, you know, their their brain was doing the translation for them on that one. Th- those were for the Secret of the Ooze, and then uh, those so, are like very different. I feel like the even like the facial characteristics of yeah, they had the more like they were smiley. They were a little more goofy, like like they were yeah. in Secret of the Ooze. Um, yeah, I I prefer these the first movie Turtles. Same, same. Um, I think overall, I'm more of a Secret of the Ooze person like i think i enjoy that movie more than the than the original one but i do like prefer the design of of the turtles the more kind of serious design speaking of which um it's a it's a sillier movie secret of the Ooze. yeah it's it's more it's um, closer to the cartoon uh yeah than, than than the uh than the comic but uh you know we we mentioned them when we were going through the cast list at the top here but uh neca has has really um you know, uh, across the board, the 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 bulk of their fandom um, and and production is around the Ninja Turtles. So whether it's the Archie comics, the Mirage comics, the 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 uh, the Fred Wolf cartoons, the films, um, NECA is absolutely smashing it out of the park with their their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles offering. Um, and they continue to find new ways to to kind of keep growing it, but a lot of people hold the the nineteen ninety turtle line um in very very high regard uh both in you know aesthetic quality and also toyetic quality. They really translated those Jim Henson suits to um you know to toy form in a truly remarkable way um they th- those figures look fantastic they look like little versions of what you saw on the screen um and i know you know there's a lot of technology out there that helps with like facial scans to make people look like people and you know whether it's wrestling figures or marvel or dc or whatever there's still always that little bit of like uncanny valley that like this looks like a little person um with the turtles and Splinter and and Shredder with his mask on and everything, uh, because they aren't uh, based on a human thing, they're based on something that's already you know manufactured. They look fantastic. Like they don't look creepy. They they really just they really nailed it. They really nailed those figures. The textures of the the turtles. Um, Dave mentioned, of course, the the musical uh, experience, the coming out of their shells tour. They even put those turtles out. Um, so uh, as the musical mutagen tour turtles was a, a, a con exclusive for 2021 or 2020, um, which is literally my favorite four Ninja Turtles figures that I have. It's like something that I hold very, very near and dear. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, the, the kind of ripples and, and, uh, and waves from that first film are being are still being felt today. Uh, in fact, as as we were recording this, the the newest Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem, uh, animated film, uh, is is in theaters 
doing really well. Uh, it's made like over sixty million dollars. I think we were we were talking about, and uh, and for promotional purposes, that when they have the turtles appear uh, in places, the costumes for those turtles are still being made by the Jim Henson uh, Studios. So the the uh, when you see the the four turtles pop up at like press events and you know uh, I'm assuming maybe at some point down the line theme parks uh, you know you'll see those uh, those turtles pop up yeah the um, here in New Jersey we have the American Dream Mall and has Nickelodeon World and currently the turtles that show up in, in Nickelodeon World are are the the 2012 style costumes. But I'm I'm wondering if maybe those new costumes that they made for for Mutant Mayhem will show up there at some point. But um, yeah. Uh, any any last thoughts from you, Dave, on uh, on on the Ninja Turtles 1990 movie? No. Yeah, I think no. I th- I think we got it. Yeah, I th- I think we covered it. So um, before we send you home, um, what what movie? You know, let's let's. Let's put a question out out here to uh, to our listeners. Um, yeah, you'll see it on those Instagram stories. What what should they do, Dave? When they see um, smash when they see the what like we're going to talk about and the subscribes and hit the bell on YouTube and subscribe there, um, so that way you know when we put out videos like this episode. Um, yeah. So we would love to continue this toys on film topic somewhere down the line. Let us know what you think of this. Yeah. One, did you like did this? Did you enjoy this? Two, what movie should we do next? Um, let us know. Is there something we could have done better? I, I, I don't know. Just, I hope you enjoyed it. Cause we enjoyed talking about this movie for an hour. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean with that, I mean, I love being a turtle. Uh, Dave, send us home. Cowabunga. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the non-productive network is distributed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.